We all know the Chicago Bears have some kind of embarrassingly low franchise records for the quarterback position. But all that does is put Justin Fields in a better position to make history in 2023. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. On the show today, we talk about the Chicago Bears team records, franchise records that are perhaps within reach or reasonable to at least think are in the realm of possibility that could be broken in 2023. And I think as we look at them, it sends a bigger theme or a bigger message about this franchise beyond the quarterback position, because obviously those are not an impressive set of records compared to a lot of other teams. And that's where we'll start when it comes to Justin Fields and what might be within reach for him and what might be a little bit more out of reach. We're talking, you know, not career record stuff, but more like single season and even single game records we'll get into. Then we'll look at some of the other positions and why maybe a few things are within reach, but maybe not the ones you might think. And maybe not some of them, you might forget how impressive some of the Bears' current existing records are that are going to be a bit hard a bit hard to break. And it goes beyond even just Walter Payton and, and Gail Sayers, but certainly a lot of it belongs on their shoulders and as a result of some of the greatness we've seen in Chicago in the past. And that's kind of the bigger theme here is some of the greatness we've seen in Chicago in the past that can make some of these records hard to break, but that's what's so fun about history being made and why somebody like Justin Fields has already made Bears history and some of the individual single game rushing performances we've seen from him. Certainly like season wise, like last season, he was second in franchise history in yards per carry over the course of a full season. I think We've seen him up there on some a few negative stats here. And I think he set the franchise record for fumbles last season. But regardless, like there's there's opportunity here for a special dynamic athlete at the quarterback position to make history for the Chicago Bears because you know it's no secret that the quarterback records here are a little bit embarrassing. You might say uh, like the all time leader leader in passing yards in a season and passing touchdowns for those playing long at home, Eric Kramer. In 1995, threw for 3,838 yards and 29 touchdowns. Jay Cutler came just like less than 50 yards short of that in 2014. But regardless, that's not a very impressive record. I mean, most teams have had a 4,000-yard passer before. The Chicago Bears have not. And I don't think it's fair to, like, go into this season and expect Justin Fields to set the franchise all-time single-season passing record for passing yards or passing touchdowns. That's not to say that it's a ridiculous number, but if 
the expectation should not be franchise record breaking, right? The expectation should be improvement, but it's more so like the possibility is very strongly there. You know, you're not going to see very many people projecting Justin Fields to throw for more than 3,800 yards this season. A lot of projections have him over 3,000, but maybe up to around 3,500, 3,600 at most is kind of the the high end of production that you you see for Justin Fields. But you can see the the path is there as a possibility on the high end of the range of outcomes that we could see this season. It's not out of the question that he could have a really strong season as a passer, take that next step, and push for that Chicago Bears franchise single-season passing yards record. And certainly 29 passing touchdowns doesn't seem out of the question either. Again, it, it would take a big step forward, and it's not what we are expecting. It's not like we should be like, oh, yeah, he definitely is going to do this this season. But it's it's certainly up there for him to be able to contribute to. Single game passing records, again, like, does he have the possibility to go off for, like, one big game passing? Perhaps. But I don't know that... I feel like it'd be more likely that he could do a full season over the course of a season to get to 3,800 yards than to set the single game passing yards or passing touchdown record for the Bears. Because single game passing yards... 468 from Johnny Lujak in 1949 of of the Chicago Cardinals, which again, like not exactly a modern era record. I don't I don't have the in front of me for like actual like quote unquote Chicago Bears, but it is the franchise history. And of course, the passing touchdown records was Sid Luckman. And no, excuse me, that was against the Chicago Cardinals. He was not on the Chicago Cardinals at that time. He was, it was a Chicago Bear team record. They played the Cardinals when there were two teams in Chicago. Sorry, I got my 1949 history mixed up. It's only 50, almost 50 years before I was born. I'm a little close, close to 45 years before I was born. Passing touchdown record was Sid Luckman with seven passing touchdowns in a game in 1943. Like, I don't think we're going to see Justin Fields throw for seven passing touchdowns in a game this season. I think it's been a while since any quarterback has thrown seven passing touchdowns in a game. And 468 passing yards is a lot. Like, yeah, team quarterbacks have done it, but to expect, you know, I think it's much more likely to me that Fields could consistently average enough yards per game over the course of a season to get up to the 3,800 single season record. But for him to pass for more than 468 yards passing in a single game this season, to me, feels a bit out of reach. Not impossible, but a bit more out of reach. Like, the record for most completions in a game was 36 from Josh McCown in 2013. I mean, maybe he could have a really efficient, accurate, effective game in that way. But again, like, some of those single-game passing records are actually a little bit more impressive than you might have first thought. But certainly the single-season game stuff, or the single-season record stuff, feels a little bit more in reach or a little bit more of a possibility than some of those single game ones that are just a, a little bit tough when it comes to the quarterback position. I think the inverse is true at other spots on this roster where some of the single season stuff, when you come to like statistical records, we've seen some pretty amazing non-quarterback seasons in Chicago that are hard to replicate. But at any time, somebody could go off for a big game and push for some of those records. So we'll look at non-quarterback stuff the less embarrassing records that could still be broken and where a few records are really set in stone based on the really impressive players that set them a while ago for your Chicago Bears. Next on Locked On Bears. 
The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And it's the number one sportsbook because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 right back to you in bonus bets if the first bet you place doesn't win. And if you feel like Justin Fields can have a single-season record-setting type season— He's going to be in the conversation for MVP at that point, and you can bet on his MVP odds at FanDuel. Plus, Matt Eberflus as a Coach of the Year candidate. You could bet on where the Bears finish in terms of the win-loss record or in the NFC North. Even their odds for Week 1 against the Green Bay Packers all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet on the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, as well than our friends at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. Well, some single season passing records are certainly within reach for Justin Fields. I think a combination of how impressive the records are and also where the roster currently sits makes pretty much all the rushing records largely out of reach. You know, when you're a franchise that has Walter Payton and Gale Sayers, they've really got a lot of those records pretty well locked up in a way that you just don't really see as realistic, at least not the way the roster's set now, because you combine that with a real open running back competition in Chicago this year, and there's not going to be, you know, that one true workhorse lead running back, you know, the Derrick Henry of sorts on this team that's going to just get 300 carries this season and really pave the way. Like, it's probably going to be a split. I mean, we don't know exactly who number one's going to be, whether it's Herbert or Foreman or even Roshan Johnson, but, like, all three of those guys are probably going to get a certain amount of carries. And, like, collectively, they could still be one of the top rushing attacks in the NFL with Justin Fields, but no one individually will be in a great position to set some of these rushing records. You know, like Walter Payton, rushing attempts 381 in a season, uh, rushing yards 1,852. Gail Sayers has the net total yards, like rushing and receiving, for 2,440. And they both rushed, had seasons with 14 rushing touchdowns in a year. Like, Khalil Herbert's a very talented running back, and Dante Foreman is a very talented running back. And perhaps they will combine for... 1,800 yards and 14 touchdowns this season. But individually, they're not going to approach either of, or any of those individual rushing records. And part of the problem with that, too, is when you start to get to single-game stuff, like, will either of them, like unless there's, like, an injury, perhaps, you know, if there's a game where Foreman is out or Herbert is out, and for some reason they go off and have a really big individual game, the record for rushing yards in a game, 275 by Walter Payton. And, like, I wondered, like, you know, we saw some really big rushing games from Justin Fields last season. Could like, could he come close to that? But like, even his best game last year, 178 rushing yards against the Vikings in Week Nine, I think. Or no, no, against the Dolphins. Excuse me, in Week Nine, hugely impressive game. He ran all over that defense, and we were like, "Wow, Justin Fields kind of took over as a runner in that game." That's still a hundred yards less than what Walter Payton had in his Bears single game record. Like the best, most impressive rushing game we saw from Fields last season that kind of blew our minds was still a full hundred yards behind what Walter Payton could have done. Like, could you see a game where like a Khalil Herbert again like goes off 
for a big career best type of game and maybe even pushes. Could we even, I mean, if we wanted to be bold and say, you know, like 200 yards, could he have a 200 yard rushing game? I think it's not out of the question. Like his career best game, 157 yards uh, in this past season against the Texans in week three when he kind of went off. But again, like 125 yards behind where somebody like Walter Payton has been. Or, you know, rushing touchdowns is one maybe you could see. Even Justin Fields, four rushing touchdowns is the franchise record. It's happened three times. Last one was Bobby Douglas in 1973. You could see a game where they just happen to, you know, get to the goal line, get to the red zone a few times, and either Fields happens to carry it in just by the way the plays go, where it's a passing play and he scrambles it, and there's a design run, and he gets two, and then, you know, later in the game, he has a long touchdown for three, and you know, start to push the potential for tying a franchise record there with four. It's a possibility. Or they just get to the goal line and feed you know, Dante Foreman on the goal line four straight times and score 28 points and get four rushing touchdowns just sort of inadvertently the way the game flowed to try and get that record. Like, I think that's something that could be more achievable. But beyond that, like Gil Sayers net total yards, 339, like combined rushing and receiving or like, you know, touch, touch touchdowns in a game, six that's, that doesn't include passing touchdowns, so basically like rushing and receiving touchdowns. Gale Sayers had six in a game in 1965. Like, I don't think there's a player on this Bears team that's going to score six touchdowns rushing and receiving. Like, you could see one of the running backs getting a few, like getting a few rushing and maybe a receiving or two, but not up to six. And you could see a receiver getting maybe three or four receiving touchdowns even, but like to get up to six, like none of these receivers are going to get many rushing touchdowns this season are enough to be that much of a dual threat, right? It's not a Christian McCaffrey or like uh what's the C Debo Samuel, you know, type of like true hybrid receiver running back type. That's going to try and push for some of these bears, single game rushing records, perhaps, you know, perhaps there's some room for some receiving stuff in there, but even though the bears, it, it's one of those weird dichotomies, I think where, you know, the Bears don't have impressive quarterback records at all, but like somehow some of the receiving records are still pretty impressive. And I, I think some of that falls on just a couple of individual, I don't want to say flukes, but like Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall have a few of those Bears receiving records because they're really talented players, even though they weren't like great offenses that they were in. But like, you know, single season receiving is Brandon Marshall's 2012, right? 118 catches was that record for 1,508 yards. DJ Moore comes in as the best receiver the Chicago Bears have had since Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. But his best season has been, un, it was like just under 1,200 yards and 93 catches. Like he's never had a 100 catch season and he's never had a 1,200 yard season. So he would need to increase his career best by like 300 receiving yards and like 20 or 30 catches, like to go above and beyond. And, it, you know, is this the year that that's going to happen in this Bears offense? Doesn't, doesn't quite feel like it. And like receiving touchdowns, the record is 13 by Dick Gordon in 1970 and Ken Cavanaugh in 1947. Like DJ Moore had seven touchdowns last season. That's his, his career best. And we've seen like Darnell Mooney have a handful of touchdowns, but like to make that jump up to 14, like the bears have some pretty big time receiving records as well for a team that you just, you don't associate even with great, not only do you associate with poor passing and poor quarterback play in general, but not a history of like great receivers. I mean, as, Moose and Muhammad once said Chicago is where receivers go to die. I don't think that's the case anymore, but it's, it's never been, it's rarely has it been the place where receivers go to thrive. And so 
it's it, it's kind of a, a reminder of when the Bears have been able to have some of that passing success as a result. I think the ones that are most out of reach, though, outside of some wild fluke that's totally unexpected, are the defensive records. And again, the theme here today is, holy moly, the Bears have some really impressive franchise records that are really going to be hard for anybody to beat, but especially the areas on the roster that either have too many mouths to feed, like running back, or maybe are a little bit weaker, like defense. But we'll kind of look at what might be more obtainable than others and what ones are just totally out of reach based on where this team sits now. Next on Locked on Bears. It's no surprise to anybody that a team that has had such a history of strong defenses, of course, is going to have such a history of strong defensive records. Although we say that thinking like some of these Bears records are just, especially defensive records are just unobtainable or unachievable. But we're two years removed from Robert Quinn setting the Bears all time single season rack sack record with 18. And I don't think anybody thought Robert. I mean, like we knew Robert Quinn had had 15 sack seasons before. Like we knew he was technically speaking, like, quote unquote, capable. But like if anybody was going to break that record, it was Khalil Mack. Right. Like no one thought it would be Robert Quinn. And that situation on that team and that defense in 2021, like in the Matt Nagy era on that defense with Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn was the one who set the frame. You know what I mean? It was like, we were like, whoa, like that was, but like, so there's always that possibility for a, a kind of a, just a randomly strong fluky season. And I could certainly see like, if they kept tackle statistics consistently, historically, perhaps there could, you could say like, maybe like a Tremaine Edmonds could set like a tackle record, but that's not something that's really been tracked well enough to have a definitive record on that. Like the defensive stats are sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, takeaways, things like that. And same with like single game records too. And it's like this pass rush is not going to have anybody that can get 18 sacks like Robert Quinn this season. This pass, this, this, there's some real talent in the secondary, but do we think anybody in the secondary is going to get 10 interceptions this season? That was Mark Carrier in 1990. 10, inter- you know what I mean? 10 interceptions. Jalen Johnson's very good, but it's never been a big turnover guy. Eddie Jackson, I think, had what, like, Six one year or certainly got got at least four like early on in his career. Like he's capable of some interceptions, but like our team's going to throw at Eddie Jackson enough to have the opportunity to pick off 10 passes. Certainly we don't think like Kyler Gordon is there yet or it's a little early to expect a rookie like like Tyreek Stevenson to go on and, and have 10 interceptions. Although Mark Carrier's 10 interceptions were his rookie season. And I don't know that Mark Carrier came into that season as like this absolute stud who's going to come in. I mean, he was he was a top what a top 10 pick in that draft. Like he was, but like no one said, Oh yeah, that guy's going to have 10 interceptions as a rookie. Probably not. Like could have been a good player, but not 10 interceptions as a rookie style record. So like that one feels a little bit more out of reach. And like Charles Tillman's 10 forced fumble, like no one's going to break that. I think, I think that's an NFL record of for forced fumbles in a season, at least as they've tracked that stat. And like, no one's going to compete with that. This year. like who on the bears is going to have 10 forced fumbles this season. Tremaine Edmonds might have a few, like Jaquan Brisker could knock a few balls out, sure, but like 10, not not likely. So for me, it would have to be some kind of like single game, again, like a, a kind of a, I don't want to call it a fluke game, but a kind of situation where all of a sudden one player just happens to go off for one big game. You know, like Mark Carrier in that rookie season had three interceptions in a game. That's the franchise record. Could you see a game where somehow 
you know, a, an Eddie Jackson somehow gets his hands on three interceptions in a game. Like, again, very unlikely, but maybe. Or if Jalen Johnson starts picking off passes, more so being able to tack the ball in the air a little more this season, maybe. Single game sack records, four and a half. Again, there's not enough pass rush on this team. Like, unless Travis Gibson turns into an animal or Demarcus Walker ends up being this super hidden gem. Like, I, but no one's really expecting that to be the kind of thing that's going to happen. Or four forced fumbles in a game by Charles Tillman in 2012. Unbelievable. Like, that's just not, not something that's going to happen. Maybe the four takeaways record of Bill George in 61, like when you start combining in there, like two interceptions and two fumbles. And I think that one has been tied a few different times. Could you know? Could you see a game where a Bears player gets a couple interceptions and a couple of forced fumbles? I think so. You know who that is. You know, could could it be a Brisker or an Eddie Jackson kind of thing? It, it's certainly uh, within the realm of possibilities. But like these defensive records are so ironclad from so many quality players and so many quality defenses that the Bears have seen over the years. And this year's defense is not ironclad. There's a real concern on how consistent this defensive line is going to be. And then, you know, we, you like the linebacking core and you like the young secondary getting better and they, there shouldn't be a, a huge liability there. So it's not going to be, it's not like it's going to be the worst defense in the NFL, but it's not a, it's not going to be a memorable peak, great bears defense. And so we probably shouldn't expect any sort of memorable peak record breaking performances or seasons from this team, maybe special teams, you know, Robbie Gold's career long in Chicago is 58 yards on, on long field goals there, possibility there, or like five field goals in a game made happened a few different times. Could could you see a game where Santos ends up hitting five or six field goals and ties or sets a record there, potentially? You know, seven field goal attempts It was the record in 1963 from Roger LeClerc. Like, maybe there's some special team stuff there. Certainly, like, not Devin Hester's return records, you know. There's not quite that dynamic return guy on this on this team like Herbert could have a couple of big kickoff returns or something but probably not gonna probably not gonna set records there exactly you're not gonna see the big time punt return numbers that Devin Hester had in games and in seasons either so maybe punting records I mean we're not gonna spend time talking about Kevin Butler's punting records and whether the punting situation right now is I mean you know Trenton Gill was fine as a seventh round pick but like no one he's not a doesn't seem to have like a record setting leg or if if for some reason Cairo Santos loses his his training camp battle to Andre the Syracuse rookie kicker whose last name is spelled with a z and a y that is not easy for me. I don't know how to pronounce it. it looks like a weird spelling of Schmidt but it's s z m y s z m y t he's supposed to have a big booming leg maybe he could if for somehow Santos loses that battle which I really don't think he will but if he did strong leg distance record within the realm of possibility there or just like you know Santos came up there I think he has the single season accuracy percentage record. I think he passed Robbie Golden that in a year, a year or two ago, just consistently hitting a high enough percentage of field goals. He was over 90% one of those years. So like, you know, he's got the realm of possibility there. Just I think 33 field goals in a year was Robbie Gold's record for most made over the course of a season. Like if this was a team, I mean, you don't want to be hitting that many field goals. You want to be scoring touchdowns, but a few of those special teams records, like kicking is within the realm of possibility few like potential like single game stuff of maybe some rushing touchdowns, maybe a receiving thing here or there, but it would take one of these players going off in spectacular fashion. I think our best bet is Justin Fields exceeding expectations and trying to break some of these rather weak Chicago Bears quarterback single season or single game passing records. To me, the exercise was a reflection of like, yeah, we know some of these quarterback records are bad and those are there for Fields, but also 
holy moly, some really impressive rushing seasons and games, some really impressive receiving seasons and games, and some really impressive defensive records. Like to me, it feels like perhaps some of the most impressive team records across league, just everyone pays attention to the quarterback ones. And it makes us forget a little bit, like how historically good so many other parts of this franchise have been through history and how high of a bar that is for the rest of the roster to reach, even as the quarterback bar is extremely low for Justin Fields to reach. And that's why it's going to be fun to see what Justin Fields can do this season for your Chicago Bears. Whatever he does, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. As we get through mandatory minicamp, we're going to slow down a little bit. Not going to be five days a week Every week, especially like between minicamp and training camp, when the team is on vacation, we're going to slow down a little bit too. We're still going to be shooting for at least three a week, maybe four a week sometimes, five weeks sometimes if there's a lot of Bears news, but might be more like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. For sure, we'll have a Monday podcast. we got to start your week off every day, every week with some Bears talk in your ears. But then whether it's like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday... We'll kind of feel it out, and certainly when there's big Bears news, the Lockdown Bears podcast will be here for you to always make sure you've got, whenever you need it, your opportunity to bear down.